0: you're listening to hashtag no filter with zach peter that's me your naturally platinum blonde pop culture connoisseur i'm the reality tv junkie self-improvement addict and host with only the hottest tea spilled fresh weekly for more hot takes you can go and give me a follow at just plain zach i always keep it funny and i always keep it cute i know you're not gonna see this on my instagram story today but i just need you to know that on instagram stories on the day that we're taping this, I was applying my self-tanner. And when I do that, I'm naked in my apartment because nobody's here. Nobody sees me. I can do it. The lighting is, is decent enough where people can't see into my windows. So I walked out of my bathroom fully naked only to realize the window cleaners were right here, right outside my window. And they got a full peep show. So I'm just telling you, these are these are the gems that you're getting on my Instagram. Uh, if you're like me and you want to stay up to date with the latest reality TVT, go and give us a follow at No Filter with Zach. Or you can join our private facebook group with the link in the description below all right get ready guys because uh today's show we're recapping the best bravo tv moments of 2020 with the best bravo insiders that i know here to serve up a full course meal with a side of tea it's the host of bravo's the daily dish please welcome back on hashtag new filter eric j mack and megan segura
1: hello hi how you guys doing well, I'm very disappointed that we didn't get the same peep show that these window washers got.
2: No kidding. See,
1: I'm a little
0: salty towards the window washers though, and I'll be honest cuz I went and I checked their work, and they cleaned the windows and they looked great, but then they left a whole bunch of handprints on the windows, and I'm like I live in a high rise li- for you. Yeah, no, and I live in a high rise in downtown, so I like I can't go out and clean them myself, and like I'm like right now I have to wait another 2 years for them to come and and, and clean the windows again. And give him oh, another no. show. It was about, yeah, I'll just, I'll be ready to give them a full show, a full sausage show. <laughs> Can you guys believe it's been a year since we last did this? I was like, how did that happen?
2: Time didn't exist this year, though. That's the thing. Right. Like, what What even happened this past year? I don't know.
0: I don't either. Like, I still think it's January. And now it's right. January of next year. <laughs> yes <Exactly. laughs> pretty much. <laughs> So, how have you guys been in the past eleven, twelve months since we last spoke? Any new sh- exciting stuff in the Bravo land?
2: I mean, I mean. You know,
1: <laughs> we've been hanging in there. It's it's been a challenge to do everything that we've been doing from home. Yeah. Um. I mean, luckily we've been able to continue recording, and we've been continuing to get interviews, and it has been really fun to talk to so many Bravo celebrities through this experience because it is something we're kind of all in together, right? So you're talking to like Margaret Josephs and she's just sort of like, well, all I'm doing is sitting around and cooking, you know? And it's just like, that's what I'm doing. (laughs) It just feels like we're all kind of going through something so similar.
2: It's also been interesting watching them have the same technical difficulties we have been. Because, you know, we've been doing all of our recording virtually. I haven't been in the same room or studio with Eric since March. And just to know that these Bravo liberties struggle as much, if not more, than we do with the whole Zoom and whatever technology we're using to record interviews has been treat.
0: No kidding. I have been learning like new zoom hacks every day. And we're what eight, nine months into this. And I'm like, still figuring it all out. Like when I had to first like work, the soundboard and the light and the zoom, I was like, I'm used to like a man being here and being like, Zach, sit here, do this. And I'm like, I just miss men telling me what to do and where to sit.
1: (laughs) It's so true. We're like our own producers, our own PAs, our own everything. Lighting
0: department.
1: Yeah, I mean, absolutely. It's just, it it has been really an interesting learning curve, but I think at the end of the day, you know, we've been able to continue doing what we love doing and that's just talking about Bravo every single week. So that's what's amazing about it.
0: And that's what we're doing today.
1: Absolutely. So
0: we have so, I mean, I feel like there were so many TV moments that we saw on Housewives on all these other shows So, But I want to start with Potomac because that's the one I just finished watching the finale last night. So for me, it's like top of mind. I just need to get your reactions to one last night's finale and to the season
1: overall. Eric, how are you feeling? Well, I mean, last night's finale was incredible in that you know, we had so much going on this season already. And then those final moments of last night's episode just took it even further to a place in which you were like, what is going on? How did we get here? How did we get into the production room with Michael Darby and Ashley freaking out? It just, it was something that really did come out of nowhere but it was the perfect ending to such an amazing season.
0: I know I walked out of the finale being like, one, how did Karen become the villain of this season? Like, where (laughs) did that come from? And like, two, like Ashley just needs like somebody to love her the way that like somebody clearly neglected to do when she was like a child in order for her to like continue to be in this volatile relationship. Megan, what were you thinking coming out of the finale? Were you like, oh my God, I love Michael Darby?
2: (laughs) Sure. Um, I was thinking, what is Juan hiding? (laughs)
0: Ooh, do you have a theory? Because people on Twitter have theories.
2: Okay, what are their theories? Because
0: I I don't know. People on Twitter, the theory is that um, there was maybe a thing between Juan and Michael Darby, or Michael Darby had like a big crush on Juan. And that's why once he found out that the proposal was happening, that's why he got so drunk and then got messy.
2: Right. I think I could see that that Michael wanted that maybe maybe there was thinking, a crush yeah yeah but if that did turn out to be true I mean that's the stuff that my wet dreams are made of
1: <laughs> <laughs> well and I mean to be fair who does not have a crush on Juan because he I is see. a beautiful specimen of a man I think we've seen a lot of growth from him over the years even before what we saw in Potomac obviously he and Robin have come such a long way they have. um and you know maybe Michael a little bit wanted a proposal too I mean I want a proposal from Juan myself right I actually am really into Candace's husband this season Chris Mr. Bassett yes I mean Chris is he's someone who just recognizes the way his wife can get and he knows how to just like regulate it he knows how to balance it and thank goodness she has him right yeah. because need, who else yeah. would talk her off the ledge every time oh yeah he,
2: he has endless patience that's all i kept thinking was just wow patience
0: it's like a, it's like walking out of like a meditation and you're just like ah oh, he's just he has a, this calming energy that i need sometimes so obviously this season, there was so much like buzz and anticipation around the altercation between Monique and Candice. And we kind of saw that continue throughout the season and how it kind of divided the women. Did you guys have a side, whether you were team Monique or team Candace? or were you trying to stay objective the whole time?
1: You know, it's interesting because I kept finding myself leaning more towards Karen. And it's like how you Mm -hmm. said earlier that, you know, Karen was suddenly the villain this season. And I kind of kept seeing the whole situation through her eyes because I was lucky enough to do the Potomac after show with all of the women. And so I got to interview everybody, including Candace, including Monique. And I'd talk to one of them and be like, oh, I can see it. I I can see where they're coming from. I'd talk to the other one and I'd be like, oh, well, that makes a lot of sense. So then seeing it from Karen's perspective of like, I am invested in both of these women and I just refuse to pick a side. I was sort of like, I think that's where I stand is that what happened was wrong. But are we going to pick a side? I just felt like I couldn't. Do you feel like Karen ultimately did pick a side?
2: I don't, I mean, in Candace's eyes, she did. I don't know that I feel that way, but, um, you know, I don't like that Candace put the pressure on her of, you have to hate Monique for, in order for you to love me. And I don't think that's fair.
0: I agree. I think when you have a friend that's friends with you and somebody else that maybe you don't get along with, you can't put them in the middle and try to make them pick a side or get upset if you feel like they're not necessarily on your side. Like you kind of just have to let the friend navigate that territory on their own. Right. Absolutely. How do you well, feel? Free-
1: go ahead. Well, your perspective, Zach, too, did you think that with the whole wig party situation that Karen was trying to set them up? Or do you think that was a whole sort of No, I don't think,
0: Karen, when you actually watch her trying to get Monique out the door before Candace arrived, when she knew Candace is on her way and she's like, we need to wrap this up. And even Monique's like, I just got here. Like, why are you already kicking me out? Let me have another champagne for the road to go. I was like, no, like, Karen is literally just trying to be peacemaker and just kind of, you know keep all of the ladies comfortable at her. Event. Like Karen's just trying to pimp out her wigs. She's not trying to look for another altercation or any sort of beef that night. Karen's like, let me sell my wigs and make sure everybody's happy so that everyone wears and promotes my wigs. It's right.
2: Absolutely. Well, I feel like what Eric and I have been saying these past few weeks, but I want to know why Giselle and Robin oof. seem to have it out for Karen. Like, what is it that we're not seeing?
0: Did you see? Did you see Karen's Wendy Williams interview? No, oh, n- no, I heard about it, but I didn't see it. Ooh, so she was, us in. She was so shady, and I loved every single second of it. She she talked about Karen cut, or not? Sorry, Karen talked about Robin cutting her out of the the hat photo shoot, which I thought was kind of mean, right? Like. So mean. Her photo was good. It was a great photo. I mean, and look, let's let's be honest. Okay, okay. Maybe it wasn't the best for Karen, for the demo, for the product. It was the best you could do with the pieces you were given. There you I go. I will say That's that. That's
1: a good way to put it, yeah.
0: <laughs> it wasn't, it's not a derry glam photo that we're going to see on Instagram. Let's, you know, right. let's be real. But like, I, but like at the same time, like let's also not pretend that Robin really thought that these women were going to sell their hats because they're just everyday women in Potomac Robin's banking on the fact that they're the cast members real of real Housewives of Potomac
2: yes. How do you cut out yeah. the
0: grand Dom uh, <laughs> I had terrible.
2: so many feelings after that I was very upset
0: do you think that both Candice and Monique have a strong chance of coming back next season or do you think it might be a good uh, a good uh, way to give the show some new life by bringing in some new women?
2: I I honestly am not good at these predictions. I feel like I have been so wrong in the past. I thought that certain people would be like, oh, in the past from other franchises that weren't. And some that, you know, were, I think, booted before their time, in my opinion. So I'm just like not good
1: have predicted at
2: yeah. the prediction game
1: that's fair because right. you really never know and i think the way that megan and i were talking about it on our most recent episode the way that this finale ended the the sort of maniacal laughter that faded off with monique i was like well that's not a good sign you yeah. know yeah. but it really i think depends on what kind of resolution there is at the reunion and what monique owns up to where Candace meets her. Like if it's going to be Candace being like, okay, I accept your apology. If there even is an apology, you know, I think so much is riding on what happens between them in those final moments of this season. And I, I really don't know which way it's going to go. I mean, personally, I don't want to see either of them leave and I, I have my preferences, I suppose as anybody might, but um it would be such an interesting journey to see them come back next season and see how they can recover this friendship because we've seen it on other shows before people into physical altercations and being able to move forward from that and be stronger in the long run so maybe that's the story that it'll really end up being we
0: won't know until next season right i know (laughs) okay so you you do host the after show you talk to the ladies very often um, do you have any scoop that you can spill on the reunion, what we can look forward to? You know, I always you know, got to ask for the scoop and the tea.
1: Right, of course. Well, so one of our friends is the show producer for uh, Potomac, and I know that she got to tune in a little bit. So actually, Megan may know some kind of of tea. Um, I mean, we know from the, the preview that Monique has a binder. So I suspect that Monique is coming with a whole stack of receipts that will probably not um, end well for a lot of the other women. And the only thing that I'm banking on, which I'm not sure of, is that weird cryptic message that Karen said, not in the finale, but the episode before where she was like, that's for the couch, like whatever Juan says when he's been drinking. Um, So I don't know if that is revealed. I haven't watched any of it yet, but that's That's what the the fans
0: on Twitter are alluding to, is that the Karen comment is somehow related to the Michael Darby incident in the finale. This is just the theory. This isn't confirmed, but this is just what people are speculating based off of what we've seen so far.
1: And that's pretty good evidence so far, you know? I mean, as far as I'm concerned. Megan, do you have any scoop on the reunion?
2: What I do know is that we're going to get some good moments with Monique's husband, Chris. Mm. To watch out, because it gets surprisingly dramatic there.
1: Okay. Yeah. that is something I heard. The house is it husbands? like a battle of the Chris's? Most likely, <laughs> and the Michael, <laughs> and the
0: Michael. Oh my God, the Michael of it all, really. Okay, so let's. While we're we're on the East Coast, before we dive west, why don't we talk about uh, Real Housewives of New York? We had the introduction of Leah, we had the departure of Bethany, now the departure of Dorinda, but I want to focus more on Leah and whether or not you guys thought that she was a great addition to the women or whether you thought that maybe she didn't mesh well because of the age demographics. How are you feeling about Leah in this uh, most recent season of New York? I love (laughs) Leah
2: feel like the fact that she didn't totally mesh with them is what made her such a great addition. Mm-hmm. You know, she is this younger voice, this sort of, you know, how Bethany, when she was first starting her early seasons, she was really like the voice of the viewer being like, yeah, this is wackadoo. Like what's <laughs> happening here? And I feel like that's what Leah did this season where she was just like, no, like this is. This is silly, and I'm going to call you out on that. Also, not to mention that we got Leah right as she was deciding, you know what? I've been sober long enough. I'm going to start drinking and see how that goes. Like, what gold that was for us.
0: I know, because then we really got to see Leah in full action. Do you think that that was the smartest move for her to do? Because she, like, really, like, we had the Tiki tiki Torch moments, and, you know, we had the, the Halloween party with the claw.
2: I mean... I'm happy about it. I don't know how <laughs> her mom or her ex husband feel about it, but right. I like her ex husband, and I like the yeah. the
0: relationship she has with her ex husband. Do you feel like Ramona is the same Ramona we've had for like the past however many seasons? What twelve seasons at this point? I feel I like every season she has a, she had every season she has this like new beginnings, and I'm starting over, and I'm a new person.
1: Nah, you're not, Ramona. We know you're not. (laughs) And like, just own it at this point. Be like,
0: this is me. I'm not changing. And I'm not changing. (laughs) I'm tired of of new beginnings. There have been too many new beginnings. I'm just going to stay the same.
1: Right. No, exactly. I mean, I love Leah because I do feel like she was a certain generation, like almost our generation's way into New York, because I love Tinsley. I really do. Um, But, you know, Tinsley is uh, she's worth thirty five million dollars. You know, she is from like just cut from a different cloth. And I feel like Leah is a little bit more of that kind of like grounded, a different side of New York City. And she really, I think, spoke to people who. Are younger and love the show, but maybe didn't necessarily see too much of themselves in any of the other cast members. So I I just liked that way in with Leah. And I feel like I could relate to her more than a lot of the other women on the show. Speaking of
0: Tinsley, I was really happy to see how, even though it was cut short, I was happy to see her storyline kind of wrap up. I may not love Scott all that much. I think she could do a little better. That's just me. But like... I think the way her storyline was kind of wrapped up where you kind of just see her driving off and like sailing off into the sunset and just like knowing that she got her little fairy tale happy ending in the end. How did you feel about the way we sent off Tinsley? Do you think she should have stuck around to the end of the season?
2: I think that it proves that oftentimes this show is way more organic than people give it credit for. And that, yeah, it didn't fit into this perfect you know, season-long arc, but she decided to move to Chicago. And that's that. That's where life took her. And I think it was smart of Bravo to say, yeah, that's what's happening. You should go do that. And I wish Dorinda had been a little bit more understanding of that as well.
0: Yeah, Megan, what did you think of the finale where Dorinda, like, popped off about Tinsley?
2: It was surprising. I just... Think that like a lot of viewers, I don't really understand still where it came from. You know, I I tried to understand where she was coming from in the reunion, but I think ultimately she just was going through a lot and the pressure had mounted and the stress and she needed to take a break. And that's what she's gonna do now.
0: Yeah. And good for yeah. her. I think everybody needs, when you reach that point where, I feel like you kind of reach some, we reach that point where we our bucket is full and it's overflowing. And like, instead of just trying to add more water to it and keep it balanced, we have to be like, just like, let it overflow. Let's take a minute. Let's take a back seat and like, just chill for a sec. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what she, and now she's out partying with Bethany and they're doing their shopping around Manhattan vibe. I'm like, okay, Dorinda.
1: That's true. She's living her best life she really is
0: okay so let's talk about joy z are you excited for the new season of jersey do you miss yeah. them or you feel like absolutely so in the this season that we saw this year we had a moment that i personally loved which is when Teresa got caught egging on danielle during the pony pool And then we see her in the finale. We had so many of these, like, fourth wall. Like, 2020 was, like, the year we really broke the fourth wall. Were you surprised to see that? Because we didn't even really see that teased in the trailer. I feel like that was one of those hidden gems that Bravo, like, kept under the rug until the very last minute. And we're like, oh, wow. We got, like, a good moment where we see Teresa really kind of get caught. And I feel like... it was. We haven't seen Teresa in that hot seat where there's an actual receipt. Like we saw Kim D in the past be like, Teresa said this or Teresa's done this behind the scenes. But this is the first time we've ever really seen it on the show.
2: Yeah, I think it was such a well-kept secret because even in that moment of the ponytail pull, usually you would see Teresa maybe say that thing. And then you as a viewer would wait all season to see, do the ladies find out? But we as viewers didn't even know until the very end of the season. And I thought that was genius.
0: Yeah, it was because normally like I feel like we've all reached the point as fans where we watch the the trailers and we watch the previews and we dissect it to the point where we try to put the storyline together and try to figure out like whose team we're on before we see the storyline play out that that was like a really good nugget that they save for us until the very end.
1: Absolutely. And I loved the way that Teresa found out, you know, through Melissa and it happened in real time. And Melissa's like, they're going to use it. They're going to use it. And that moment where, you know, Teresa expected that that wasn't going to happen or she didn't realize there was a hot mic moment, like to see her so blindsided as, you know, kind of the main housewife of Jersey, Mm -hmm. uh, just to see production be like, well, we got you, though. I just loved the way that she she even found out and then just the flipping out.
0: Were you surprised to see her egg Danielle on? Or do you think yeah. that that's kind of just Teresa's
2: nature? You know, it, so it's hard to know. Have we been missing seasons of these little moments? Or is, you know, was this sort of a one-time thing and she just happened to get caught? I I was surprised because she and Margaret... Had a relationship.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I, I think Teresa's a bit easily influenced in certain instances too, right? So if there's some liquor involved and whatnot, and it just all gets you get caught up in the whole thing. I think she just said, do it, do it, almost not even really expecting that Daniel would really would go there. Yeah. You know, and then there it was. Do you will think-
2: say that we have a digital series on BravoTV.com, Life After Bravo. An episode is forthcoming with Caroline Manzo. Mm. And we talked a lot about Teresa and how Caroline felt. I thought Caroline was gonna be totally tight-lipped about it, and not like not want to talk about Teresa. And she really did, and the effect that she feels like the show has had on her. And you know, it kind of colored this past season a little bit more and added some info for me.
0: So cool. Did you guys? I what? Can you tease when that might be coming
2: out,
0: or just soon?
2: Um, I would say within the month.
0: Okay, so before, so we'll get it in 2020.
2: Yes, in time for Christmas.
0: There we go. Perfect Christmas (laughs) gift. Did you guys love the the Sabra commercial with Teresa and and Caroline?
2: So good. And I talked to her about that that. on the show. It's just, like, how good that must feel to make it into pop culture lexicon. Like, you are included at in the Super Bowl. It's not just for Bravo fans. It's for the world, and they thought of that moment on Real Housewives of New Jersey. It's so cool.
1: right. No, it's so true. But it's also one of those things where I see that the two of them can do a Super Bowl commercial together. And I'm like, there's a chance that Monique and Candace can reconcile if these (laughs) two can reconcile. You know, Like there's still hope. Yeah, it's true. (laughs) Do you think that Teresa was at all
0: remorseful about what transpired between Danielle and Margaret and how she was kind of a catalyst in that? Or do you think she was more regretful of getting caught?
2: to
1: answer a little bit of both maybe yeah (laughs) you know because nobody likes getting caught in something like that um but also i think she realized once it was out in the open that she had done done something pretty awful or encouraged something yeah awful to happen to someone she did really care about and then it all came crashing down for her and then it became more real than just oh this is something that happened and like what it was it was funny and we were all drinking and whatever and i think then she was like oh okay i made a mistake yeah
0: which we don't often see from teresa at all (laughs) yeah true (laughs) okay let's talk about below deck so this this year we got uh we saw captain sandy fire hannah Were you shocked to see? Did you ever think Hannah was ever going to actually get fired?
2: Fired? No.
1: No, definitely not fired. I think we felt from her last season, the the season prior to this one, season four of Below Deck Med, that she was a bit checked out, right? Like she was maybe leaning towards, I don't know if this is my future. I don't think I can be in yachting forever. So I expected more than anything for Hannah to be like, I'm going to quit. I'm walking away. This is too much. I need to move on. Um, never could have imagined or predicted it playing out the way it did.
0: Were you happy to see Hannah, like, leave and, and move on to the next chapter of her life? Or were you like, no, I want her to, like, work there forever?
2: I think that it was bittersweet because, yes, I want her to be able to leave. And, you know, she has this baby now. This is clearly, like, she was done with yachting. I just wish she could have had a more Kate Chastain-esque exit where yeah. it was more graceful. And unfortunately this incident happened and I just I felt like it left a stain on her time with us.
0: Do you feel like the grounds for her getting fired were warranted?
2: <clears throat> it's so hard to answer, right? Because as just a viewer person, I'm like I let her stay. Like, what, what's the big deal? But then to hear Malia and Captain Sandy talk about maritime law, and that's clearly just a whole world that I have no, no idea about. And I mean, when it really comes to legal things and boats being seized and people being fired, I understand then that, yes, there are protocols in place and they must be followed. Well, I think Captain yeah. Sandy
0: also came out and said, like, the real reason she fired her is because she couldn't trust her at the end of the day.
1: Well, she put herself and the others at risk, I think, was the the biggest thing. And that comes back to the law. Um, I think the circumstances surrounding what led up to, you know, Captain Sandy getting the pictures and then having the choice to to make of well I have to let her go I have to fire her now because of that the things that led up to that were a little bit like oh it's weird timing right with everything that was happening on the show between Malia and the rooms and that situation so you're a little bit like this is this part of it feels suspicious but at the end of the day it was a violation of the law and a lot of people's asses were on the line including Hannah's but I don't think she really thought of it that way when she decided to bring onto the boat what she brought onto the boat
2: I think had Captain Sandy just left it to you broke the rules with this, it would have been more clear cut for fans. But the fact that she brought anxiety and panic attacks up into the conversation is what sort of rubbed people the wrong way. I mean, especially as New Yorkers, like my God, which, which one of us doesn't have some form of anxiety. So to, to suggest that that means you can't, do your job or be trusted and I'm, I'm sure she's regretful of that too um yeah that wasn't great
0: I agree I think I think she's built enough fans from the show that'll continue to like support her on her next endeavor mm-hmm.
1: I wonder what it will be. Like, I
2: know. I'm like, what I'm do you do think, like, from what, Yeah. <laughs> like, where
0: is her? Yeah, like, where does her career take her next?
1: Right. I mean, at least we've seen with Kate Chastain, like Kate has such a personality and we love Kate. She's come on our show a bunch of times to do guest co-hosting. And I'll text her all the time about random Bravo things because she's a huge Bravo fan and watches all the Housewives. But, you know, she has the personality to be on chat room and, you know, say these really funny things. And and I can see her career in like the entertainment space yeah. continuing to grow. And not to say that I don't love Hannah on Below Deck Med because I do find her entertaining and I liked her on the show, but I'm not sure she has the same je ne sais quoi, you know, as, as someone like Kate Chastain. So I am curious what, what comes next for her, but she seems so happy with this, you know, engagement with the new baby that it's just sort of like, maybe she deserves just that time right now to just like kick back, relax and enjoy being a mom.
2: And also she may not have the same aspirations as Kate Chastain. I feel like she wanted to be a mom and a wife and it looks like she's getting both of those things.
0: Yeah. She gets to be a trophy wife. (laughs)
2: <laughs> oh, just my dream. Uh,
0: right. Um, okay, let's talk about OC. So Bronwyn this season, or she really seems to be like the heat of this season and the center of this season. How are you feeling about about Bronwyn? Because I feel like fans are a little split on whether or not they're loving Bronwyn or like annoyed by Bronwyn at the moment. <laughs>
1: Well, there's a lot going on with Bronwyn, right? So it's there's a it's lot just like, going on with Bronwyn. It's just a lot coming at us at once um, from all different angles now. So I can see how fans may feel like overwhelmed or feel like maybe her storyline is overpowering some of the others, but she has some really important stories to tell, I think.
2: Yeah, I think it's also hard because she's really going through something that people don't often see in that someone detoxing on TV. And so, I mean, I think that a lot of bad things are going to come out of that. Like, you know, you're literally just getting rid of all of this poison in your body. And I think, you know, there's a lot of emotional fallout too. And it's something that I've never had real experience with where I could watch it like we are with her so I'm trying to keep that in mind you know
0: it is yeah. a really real and raw moment, whereas I think that w- I think that's some of the criticism that some fans have had with other franchises when we see certain housewives try to conceal certain things or they try to, you know, portray themselves in a certain way. And then, you know, they're like, no, we want to see the real stuff. And I feel like Bronwyn's really just kind of burying it all out there. I think some of the the debate, though, is, is she doing it to be genuine or is she doing it to be relevant? Yeah. <laughs> Well,
2: it's I mean, a lot. To, it's a lot to put out there if you're not being true. Right. Right.
1: Right, yeah. right. Definitely. And I think there's, you know, she's already relevant. I mean, she is on Real Housewives of Orange County and people are going to have their thoughts thoughts, opinions, judgments, no matter what she says or does. I mean, even just everything from when she started off and it was like, I have seven kids, like I'm in this, you know, this this marriage and we've been together for this long. You know, there were plenty of judgments just based on what we saw from her last season. So now I think from being in the spotlight, she's, she's had to face more of what is really going on inside of her being such a public figure now. And I think she kind of felt a responsibility to herself and then to other people to just be like, okay, well, here's the thing, like I'm an alcoholic, I'm a lesbian, like these are all the things that I have uncovered about myself and I feel comfortable now bringing out into the light because what other choice does she have?
2: It's interesting because she said on, um, when she came onto our podcast that she's really not talking to anyone from the group now. And I'm just curious how we got from here to there, like what is gonna transpire this season? Because from her perspective, she's just telling the truth and people don't like it. That seems a little too simple to me. I think that there's probably some more layers there.
0: Yeah, I agree. And I think I know there are a lot of she's making a lot of waves and she's making a lot of announcements. But I feel like, you know, as you guys mentioned, when you remove that cloud of um, alcohol and you have this like clarity of sobriety, your life just kind of opens up in a different way where you start to realize other parts of yourself. And you're like, Hey, maybe I really wasn't ever into my husband. Not saying that she wasn't ever really into her husband, but you know, now that she's come out as a lesbian, I thought it was a little shady of her to be like, I've never been attracted to men. I was like, well, that's send Sean to my house.
1: Yeah. Poor Sean.
2: (laughs) Really? With the necklaces
0: too?
1: (laughs) I mean, we can take the necklaces off. (laughs) Yeah, He might not like that though. I don't know. That might be his thing.
0: (laughs) Uh, It's not my thing. It's not it's not my kink. I'll say that. (laughs) Okay, so now I want to talk about my probably my personal favorite of this year, which was from Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. And that was the Brandy Denise drama this season. And I was like salivating and eating popcorn and drink and throwing wine glasses and wine in people's faces just in honor of Brandy Glanville. (laughs) how are you guys feeling about this most recent season of Beverly Hills? Cause I personally think it was the best we've had in a long time.
2: Well, I think it goes back to that whole 2020, the year that we just totally broke that fourth wall and just yeah. demolished it. And the whole Bravo, Bravo, effing Bravo, I mean, was just gold. I, I think that. Yeah. Poor Denise fell victim to second season curse. She had such a great first season. But like many housewives, second season is when all your stuff comes to the forefront.
0: I mean, like Bronwyn. This is Bronwyn's second season, too. Oh, exactly.
2: that's true.
1: Yeah. No, that's very true. I mean, with, with the Denise situation, it was the second season curse, I think, a little bit, too. And then it's sort of the question of how much of your life do you owe the audience, right? Like, no matter what you're doing in your personal life, I think for Denise, she was like, okay, I'm on this reality show. This is what we do. We come and we film these scenes. She's very used to that. She's on, you know, a soap opera every day. She's been in so many movies. She's a working actor. So for her, I think she would show up expecting this is what's gonna happen in this scene. And when all of these other things this season started coming her way, she didn't know how to deal with that. She didn't know how to do like the improv sort of thing where it's like, oh, that's what we're talking about in this scene? Okay, uh, that's not what I prepared for. So I think just more than anything this season, she was just blindsided at every step of the way and just really didn't know how to navigate it. But does she really owe us an explanation for all of this stuff, I I still don't really know. Do you think she handled it the right way?
0: By kind of just deflecting and running and not really addressing it?
1: I I would say that producers didn't like that because we did see, you know, Chris Cullen step in in Italy and be like, "Okay, I'm sorry, Denise, you can't walk away from this again. And we saw so many instances where Dorit's like, "Okay, you have to stop saying that, you know, like there was a moment that I think producers and everybody was they were expecting some kind of accountability from her, whether it was true, whether it was not true, just like explain yourself then, you know, like if all of this stuff is coming to the surface, then you got to talk about it because it's already out there. So I I think think she just got nervous.
2: I think it would have been better though. Had she just said, you know what? Like whether it's true or not is none of your business and gone to it from that angle versus the whole, well, she's said that she's slept with some of you and it's just like, Okay, but like, did she really? I mean, maybe it's Brandy, but maybe you're just deflecting. Yeah,
0: I got in a little fight with Brandy Glanville for what I said about that.
2: What'd you say? Oh,
0: did you? So I ended up having. Well, I, I said it on the show, but I ended up spilling a little tea that the other women that Brandy ended up sleeping with from Beverly Hills were Kim Richards and Carlton. And that these were rumors, they haven't been confirmed, but she ended up owning up to to sleeping with Carlton, but she said she never slept with Kim. And she called me a few names on her podcast. But... Oh my God,
1: I need to, can you please send us that episode after this? <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> it was a fun time. But then for me, I was kind of like, but isn't this what you did to Denise last season? Like again, whether it's true or not, you put something out there and like, you know, how were you guys feeling about Brandy this
1: season? This is a great question for Megan because Megan loves Brandy. I loved like, Brandy too. Wh- like just, she it was, I remember when the, season,
0: idiot.
1: <laughs> when the season started, Megan was like, I'm so excited. We're getting more Brandy this season. Yeah. So yeah. Where did you land on this, Megan? Like, where are we at this point?
2: I think that I love Brandy whether or not it's true i thought was kind of not cool to share with the world like yes thank the reality gods that she did but at the same time it just leaves this question up in the air and that's kind of not fair if it didn't happen you know what i mean because how do you actually prove something didn't happen
0: right I think the thing is, like, with her putting that out there, again, whether it's true or not, I think there probably is some truth through it. That's just my opinion. But, like, I think that um, with – the hard part is it's, like, I understand her exposing it because, she's like, Denise isn't who she says she is. But it's, like, that right. doesn't necessarily – that's not necessarily the incident you needed to use to, to make that point. You know what I mean? Like you could have done it another way. I understand if there was like a leak of a tape or an audio or something where then you have to address it, but that was something that like happened completely privately, allegedly off, you know, off camera between the two of them that there was like really no
1: reason for her to expose it the way that she did. Right. Yeah. Well, and even the receipts that she did, present with the text messages and everything like didn't really prove right. anything either way. And, and Megan and I talked about, you know, calling someone who you're not super close friends with, like, hey, love, like, hey, girl, you know, like terms of affection. You can use those for people that you're like loosely in touch with. The gays do it all the time. We're always like, girl, you know, to like each other. I mean, I would say that to you, Zach, in one second. Yeah. You know, so that but that doesn't mean that something has happened between us that's going to be exposed to the whole world. So you we, know? we so can't
0: it's... tell people we had a, a, a hookup, Eric. <laughs> I not thought yet, we were going to announce that today save it for the end of the episode
2: you guys <laughs>
0: surprise so megan since you're also a big brandy fan would you like to see brandy get a diamond or are you like i think her her time is done
2: it depends right i mean if we're gonna still harp on the denise thing then i think i'm i'm, I'm okay to say goodbye but I always felt like Brandy did bring a lot to the show I felt like she one of the thing, like I always do feel like she tells the truth and that's what Kyle said too you know Brandy did a lot of messed up things to me but she never lied so I have always appreciated the truth and candor she brings to the show.
1: I mean, I think it could also be like a Marlowe situation. Marlowe's been on Atlanta forever, forever. I mean, this season, you get her within the first 10 minutes of the premiere <laughs> episode, you know, and she is not a peach holder. So if, you know, Brandy is circling this group for seasons to come, like, I'm okay with it.
0: I like Brandy, I think, but I think, like, if we're going to bring Brandy in, like, she's earned... A diamond. you know what I mean? (laughs) Like, give the girl a diamond. She can use a paycheck. Let her have it. Let her have it. (laughs) Okay, so I asked people on the Instagram for some honorable mentions of their favorite moments from 2020 that I just want to briefly recap to close out the show. Um, Let's see. Kim says that her favorite was Denise
1: and Aaron being followed by Big Pharma. Yes, absolutely. That... Storyline that did not get enough attention. We should have gone with that a little bit more this season.
2: Yeah, agreed.
1: We went we covered
0: Eric's big or sorry. We covered Aaron's big dick more than we covered Big Pharma this season. Last season. Bigger. <laughs> right? I don't know. <laughs> um Spy My Little Eye said Salt Lake City, period. With the T mm. at the end of it. You guys like Salt Lake City this season? I actually think it's a great, like, for being a first, like, a
1: season one, I actually thought they're bringing some good heat. Yes. I love Salt Lake City. I mean, Megan knows how I feel about it.
2: I just love all of the religious layers to this drama that we haven't gotten before. It's new
1: that you haven't really seen
0: on any of the other franchises before. Yeah. Yeah. Um, let's see. Uh, Hen- uh, Haneke says that it's the smelling like hospital fight for me.
1: (laughs) That, I mean, you cannot make that up. You know what I mean? Like when people are like, oh, is reality TV scripted? No, it's not. Things like this do happen. You just have to find the right people. And they found the right people in Mary M. Cosby and Jen (laughs) Shaw. I have to
0: say something about Mary, though. Mary just makes me cringe. I don't know. What was
2: it, it was it the sermon she did that did it for you? I don't know. It's all of it. It's like a lot. The grandfather. It's too hot to
0: handle for me. It's too <laughs> hot to handle. It's a lot. Uh, Joanne Griffin said it was Leah uh, getting drunk and uh, going ape in Newport at the dinner on Ramona and throwing the ravioli. Yeah. yeah.
2: Oh my God. That whole dinner was insane. No one's sitting at the table and flirting with the men who like weren't really even interested. That was a hot mess. And I loved it.
1: Yeah. I mean, I loved the, the tiki thing. I was like, this is incredible. That dinner was a little cringy for me personally.
0: The ravioli. Yeah. And then the next morning, the conference, it was a lot, that trip was a lot. I was like, we're only in newborn. (laughs) Like what is happening? But it's just, we're not even out of the country. We're not even in (laughs) France. Right okay last one um by gilly spikens she said that her favorite moment of 2020 was sonia saying that she doesn't shave her pussy
1: oh, oh yes
0: that was a lot sonia oh, has given oh. us some moments but that was a lot to handle that was a lot to take in. no that is
2: absolutely my top 10 bravo moments ever i think really that is so good whoever would shout that sonia would sonia would I just love that so much. That is just peak Sonia, peak Real Housewives, peak Bravo. I agree. Peak 2020.
1: Peak 2020. 2020.
0: (laughs) So we know New York's in production, Beverly Hills is in production, Atlanta just started airing. Um, Of the shows that are either, like Atlanta just started airing, but of the ones that are just starting to air or that will be coming out soon, which one are you most excited to see in 2021?
2: Uh, oh, I'm excited for this whole bachelorette party ooh, for yes, Atlanta with the stripper.
0: Yes. Oh yeah.
2: Because there were rumors, and you never really know how much how much stock to put in those. And then the super tease came out, and it was like, oh my god, are we gonna find out something? I think we are.
0: Yeah, you 100%. heard the rumors, and I was like, I don't know if we're actually gonna get this addressed on the show. And then the t- the teaser came out, and I was like, ooh, this is gonna be a good season. Just 100%.
2: Portia with the face shield getting grinded on. Oh, I'm so here for it.
1: And that stripper's tongue is quite long. <laughs> it's it could like gobble heat. some.
0: It could gobble some peaches.
1: <laughs> um, I'm really looking forward to Dallas. I, You know, that premieres oh, in the beginning of 2021. And I've always been a big fan of Dallas. I thought last season was good, but I, I kind of was just sort of like, oh, I don't know what's happening. And so I'm really looking forward to this new season. I think the new housewife, Dr. Tiffany Moon, that we're getting yeah. is is going to be a great addition. When, when the Super Tees came out, Megan and I were like talking about it. And I was like, she's featured a lot for being a new housewife. I she's thought the really same up- thing. Yeah. She's up in this super tease like a lot. So I think she's going to bring some really fun energy uh, to the Dallas ladies. And I just like Cameron Westcott. I just love Cameron. Like she is just so ridiculous in the best way possible. So I'm excited to have the Dallas ladies back and Stephanie Holman. Come on. It's Stephanie Holman.
2: (laughs) I think also we can't forget Kathy Hilton is finally coming to Beverly Hills as a friend of and that's Huge. That's all I've ever wanted since season one. And I just really need that deep seated, you stole my goddamn house level family drama.
0: (laughs) I agree. I think I'm most excited for Beverly Hills, but only because that's my favorite franchise. And I know people are hot and cold with Beverly Hills. I've always loved every second of it. So we have Kathy crystal. I'm so excited to be joining the show just from what I've seen on her Instagram and the little teaser that her and Kathy did on Bravo.com, BravoTV.com. I'm like, okay, I'm ready for this. And then Erica so Jane going through a divorce. <gasps> like what did you think? I, I think she finally has some F to give. <laughs>
1: I was sort of like really. He's what eighty one. I know. Like, now you're gonna time? leave it. You made it this far, girl. You might as well just stick it out. Yeah, just like stay in the house. It's huge. Like whatever.
2: I feel like their relationship is one of the ones that I respected the most, and that's yeah. why I'm so sad about
0: it. Because Shelly spoke so highly of him, and she was always yes. very endearing. We went it's just to the- a very
2: honest relationship. Like yeah. I am getting this and I am giving this. I kind of like that. It sort of simplifies things.
0: Right. Well, it's not so simple anymore. I know. <laughs> oh, well, thank you guys for calling in and chatting with me again for our 20, we did 2019 and now we did 2020, the year oh. of 2020, a recap. Were there any other honorable mentions that you guys wanted to to throw out before we close
1: out the show?
2: So much has happened.
1: I'm trying to think of another big thing that happened this year that I was obsessed with. Cause I know there was another one. There's, there has been so much, but I really think we hit on the, the really key, key ones.
2: Yeah.
0: Well, thank you guys for calling in. Thank Thank you you for having us again. Where can they follow you on the Instagram? Where can they slide into your DMS and
1: and see what's going on with your life? (laughs) Well, I'm at Eric J Mack, E R I K J M A C.
2: I'm at Meg Segura.
1: Love it. And where and can, can people? Always... Oh, oh go go for it. I was going to say, and where no, can, we can people listen to you some guys? Oh, on Bravo Daily Dish. Yeah. Yes.
0: And, and they can watch the after shows. They can watch all your content on bravotv.com, right? Yes. Bravotv.com. Absolutely.
1: Yes.
2: I love we it.
1: We have after shows. We have Life After Bravo. We got it all. I love it. I'm looking forward to that Caroline
0: Manzo interview. Yes. I love me some good. Caroline Manzo. I need them to bring her back to New Jersey for me. It's the Caroline Manzo for me.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: all right thank you guys you can follow me at thank just plain zach and don't forget to follow the show at no filter meg eric thank you so much for calling in and for chatting with me and breaking down 2020 i mean what a year what, what a, year. a year what a way to end <laughs> what a way to end we went out with a bang with the stripper bang in atlanta <laughs> <laughs> Thank you guys Thank for you listening. Zach. Thanks, Thank guys. You. Don't forget to leave Bye. us a five star review on iTunes because I'm a millennial. I bleach my hair and I love that validation. So go and give me a five star review right now. Follow me at Just Plain Zach. Follow at No Filter Sack to stay up to date with the latest show news. And don't forget to join our private Facebook group. The link is in the description below. We're always spilling hot tea in there. We were talking about Potomac from this weekend. And there are a lot of hot theories. Um, and everyone's like, really, like, what happened to Karen? Like, how did Karen really become the villain this season? Everyone's so confused, but I love it. So go join that conversation. And I will talk to you guys next week. We have so much more dish and tea to spill before the end of the year. So stay tuned. I'll talk to you guys later. Bye.